Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with co-host Stephanie Burke, science advisor Matt Moniz, and the silent assassin Matt Costa. We are here to talk about paranormal topics as we are each and every Saturday night. And of course, this being Psychic September, we couldn't finish off with a, a bigger bang than to have our guest tonight, James Van Prague, who will be joining us in just a second. Just want to let everybody know if you're new to the program or if you've been around with us. We've been on the air for almost 10 years now. So if you've been with us over that time, you've seen the changes in what we do on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. It's our live video feed of everything going on in the studio. So while we're talking with James, if you'd like to see what's happening here in the Spooky studio, you can just go to Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. And there we also have a chat box, which in, we've gone through a couple incarnations now over the last few weeks of the chat software. Well, what happened was, as we've been doing Psychic September, the uh, people hitting the website has gotten to be so much that it's been crashing the website. So we had to make a few changes, and one of those changes is we've altered the chat. So now you can actually chat with us via Twitter. You can either use it right in that box on the Spooky TV page, or you can just tweet from your regular Twitter app or your whatever you may use for Twitter uh, using the hashtag SpookyLive. So you'll see anything with Spooky Live will be in relation to what's going on to the show while it is on the air. And it's a way for you to interact with us. If you have any questions, any thoughts, you just want to share uh, what you think about what we're discussing on the program, hashtag Spooky Live is the way to do that. And you can see everything right there on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. And if you miss the show at any time, you know, we always put the video archives up. And we also have the iTunes and wherever else you can get podcasts, we have the audio uh, version available as well. Plenty of free shows from over the years for you to check out and listen to, including the other shows of Psychic September. Of course, we had Bob Olson on a few weeks ago. We had Matt Frazier on last week. But man, am I excited for the guests that we have tonight. And Stephanie, I know you are as well. because I'm super excited. This is uh, actually one of, one of your idols. It is. And uh, we, we actually have joining us now on the line, uh, James Van Prague. He's considered a spiritual pioneer, one of the world's most celebrated and respected spiritual teachers working today. He's brought a mindful awareness to the subject of communication with the dead into the public psyche. For the past 30 years, Mr. Van Prague is known as a survival evidence medium, meaning that he provides evidential proof of life after death via detailed messages from the spiritual realms. And of course, you've seen him on numerous television programs. Programs, uh, numerous radio programs, and now we are so honored to welcome him to Spooky South Coast. Good evening, James. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Tim and Stephanie. Thank you for having me. Nice to be with you on Spooky Spooky TV. And you spooky, know, spooky South Coast. <laughs> it, it, we, we, like I said, we've been doing the Psychic September, where we've been trying to uh, give people a better idea of people that have psychic and spiritual abilities. And I think there's a lot of misconception out there from the general public, and a lot of misconception from the audience that we normally talk to, the the paranormal field, where I don't think people really understand the gifts that you have. Uh, you know, Tim, I couldn't agree with you more, and I was just talking today to a, a, a fellow a medium, uh, my Maureen Hancock, who about the exact same subject, because I think, unfortunately, the people that I, – I, I, listen, and I'm, I'm really uh, – I'm guilty of this as well. The entertainment aspect, television aspect out there, the people that are producing shows of the paranormal, I think that – I hate to say it, but I think a lot of them are not educated about the differences or really what this world is about – and I think that it's more than just things that go bumps and bump in the night. I think that, um, unfortunately, as portrayed on television, like just like the ghost whisperer with people, 
um, you know, there's the entertainment factor, so you got to weigh that in. Um, at the end of every single ghost whisper, I made sure that, that she I'm an almost... love, you know, she brought the spirits to the light, and that was the way we left it, because I wanted to make sure it was in a positive, loving note, which it should always be. But things like, and, and I love Teresa Caputo, Long Island Medium, of course, it's huge. I think it's great that that program is getting out, your program is getting out, I think it's fantastic. The only thing is I think that we have to be very, very careful how things are uh, demonstrated and shown. For instance, and I don't think Teresa Caputo is aware of it, but as she comes out and she's able to just walk into a bakery and start connecting with spirit or walking to a limousine and connecting with spirit, yes, that can happen, but I really think that people should be aware that it's not something that a spirit just shows up and there you're always open, you're always on, and people come up to me and they say, what do you see? And I said, it's not like that. It's a process. It is really a process. And as a medium, you have to really sit for many, many years to develop the ability to be, uh, uh, if you will, a speaker for the spirit world. Uh, and it, it's very, very different. Now, everybody is psychic from one degree or another. Everybody is intuitive. We all know intuition is the soul's language, language of the soul. Intuition means into the soul. So we're all born with a sixth sense. And some people are more highly sensitive than other people and so forth. And that ability can be indeed developed. But um, not everybody is mediumistic. So now every medium should definitely be, has to be psychic from one degree or another. They have to be pretty, a pretty good psychic in order to be a medium. Because as a medium, you need a very strong foundation of intuition, of psychic ability. Okay. And then you go from there to a higher level of frequency where you really are, if you will, interacting between the higher frequencies of the other realms, of the other dimensions, if you will, and to the lower ones of the earth. And it's a very different energy you're using than psychic work. So I've seen a lot of psychics or, or people out there, mediums. It's very interesting. The, the, the phrase that a lot of people know about, and I know that they haven't been working very long because this phrase has only been around since John Edward came out crossing over. So I think he coined it, I think, was psychic medium. And, and I have a little problem with that. That might be my own thing because I hope every medium is psychic because otherwise I wouldn't want to be around that. But, you know, you have to be there. So when, when I've seen mediums work, and they're not fully aware of the ability or the gift, they tend to snatch things from the air on a psychic level. So they're using their psychic ability, and it's really just a matter of psychism, if I can say that, psychism. And it's not really a full content message of beginning, middle, and end of the spirit. It's just snatching little bits of information, and that's not full mediumship. So mediumship was you fully blend with the spirit, and you're able to bring through, if you will, the personality traits, um, the details about their life or their death or passing. And through that, of course, the spirit will observe you and tell you things that have been going on with your life. That's through the mediumistic part of you, not the psychic part of you. Hmm. So it's a little bit of a difference. I hope that makes a little bit of sense. No, <laughs> absolutely. So, so what you're saying, if I'm, if I'm following correctly, what you're saying is that somebody uh, would have psychic abilities and psychic tendencies, and so they might be giving a reading, but they could be picking up on these things psychically from the living as opposed to connecting spiritually with uh, someone who has moved on. 100% correct, 100% correct, and, and not any fault of the person per se, I think it's just they have been trained, they have been, uh, they really haven't studied, maybe they're ignorant about it. I think as a medium, you really have to develop for many, many years. It's, I, I really equate it to going to medical school and sitting really in the silence for, for many years to develop this sensitivity, to develop the nuances, the connection with the spirit, the connection with your own spirit, if you will. Because it really is, it's spirit-to-spirit -spirit communication. 
the spirit world, they're connecting with your spirit. So I believe that the spirit or the soul, we can call it the soul, is really the mind. Part of the mind is the soul. And so it's our mind-to-mind communication. The mind of the spirit, the discarnate, is sending a thought, a feeling, an energy to the medium's mind. So it's mind-to-mind. And the medium is the one that gives it out then, but they're receiving. So it's very, very different than psychic. Because psychic is... Um, Really, if you will, if it's a solar plexus, if that's a power center there, you know, go with your gut, and, and you get a first feeling of something, you get a gut feeling, an intuition, you know something, that's a very different feeling than mediumship. Well, the idea of uh, of having either gift is something that I'm fascinated with of the process, of how it works. And usually that's one of the questions that I ask anybody that has uh, such abilities that we have on the program is, how does the process work for you? How does it happen for you when you're making one of those connections? Perfect. That's a great, great question, Tim. And, and, and I'll explain this to, you, to your listeners, too, in, in different ways, because you have to remember that every single practitioner is different. So, and their background is different. Their life experience is different. Their training is different. So it's, everyone approaches it in a different way. My background, my experience of how to do this, what I do, the process of mediumship for me, is, and, and I train people to do it this way as well, I will have them really create a space. And I have them first, of course, attune themselves to their own spirit, their own, if you will, their own heart, where the seat of the soul is right behind the heart. So I have them first become very, very aware of their own energy, of their own heart space, of their own connection of self to, if you will, the universe, the infinite, the oneness. And then I'm very, very, I, what I do is then become very, very aware of the space around me, the atmosphere around me from the top of my head to the left side, the right side, in front of me, behind me. And I become very, very aware that I shift my mind, I shift the awareness, and I become very aware of shifting that awareness, and it's almost like a neutral space. Like you put yourself into, it's a passive activism. It's the only best way to describe it, a passive activism. And so you're stepping back kind of with your awareness and your consciousness, and you're letting spirits slip in. And you invite them with your thoughts, because thoughts are things. So you invite them to come closer to you and blend with you. And then you receive, and then what I do is I receive, if you will, the subtle whispers, subtle messages. I'll first pick up the personality of the individual. I'll pick up if they were funny, if they were very serious, if they were outgoing, if they were introvert. And I'll pick up things about them, sometimes a physical appearance, sometimes how they passed over, sometimes a date, sometimes uh, where they passed away, the uh, death conditions and so forth. And then I make sure that with that information, I give that out to, if you will, the audience member or the person that's sitting for a reading. And that's how my connection is made. That's a process of how I work one way. Okay, that's one way. Another way, if I want to do a psychic reading for somebody, is I attune myself to their heart, from my heart to their heart. And I do what's called an empathetic link, which means having empathy. So in your heart, heart space, you envision a beautiful green light going to that other person's heart. And I really believe that we're all connected. I believe that we're just this oneness. And I think that everybody can read another person's energy. So you're just shifting the awareness to what you feel in that person's heart, and then you begin. That's where your starting point is. And from there, you start picking things up on a psychic or intuitive level about the person's past, about who they are right now, what's going on right in their lives right now, and what does the future look like at this particular moment. Because remember, we all have free will, and we're always able to change our, our experience with our free will. Does well, that make sense? <laughs> oh, it d- definitely mm-hmm. does. Uh, you mentioned okay. the, a green light when, when uh, connecting empathically. Is there a reason why it's a green light? Is, is that Does the green have a significance? 
Sure. The green light is really um, associated with the green, the chakra, the heart chakra. Green is, a, is actually color. It's the vibration. It's a frequency that is located in the heart. That's the green of the heart chakra. So that's the vibration that you're attuning yourself to. That's why I use green. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, when you are uh, making these connections with people, as you said, you know, Teresa Caputo, she can walk down the street and have, you know, all these connections happen. But it sounds like for you, it's really kind of not to use an overused sports term, but getting in the zone uh, and, and being able to put yourself out there. Is there a difference then in the strength of the connection and in the... I think so. So, and the I effect it has things, on you as well. I met Teresa Caputo two weeks ago, and I love her. She's fabulous, and she's great. And I mean, I had a great time with her. We closed a restaurant together, and she's a really sweet, <laughs> sweet, awesome. lovely, lovely lady. I don't know how much she's been around as far as mediumship goes and understanding a lot of the mediumship. I think it's a bit of a, just a pure ability that she has. And I'd love it to see it honed in even further. <clears throat> but with me, what I do is the way I, I, I process things, um, yeah, I, I have to definitely... Get yourself in the zone. Put yourself in the right mindset. So if I know that I'm doing a demonstration that night in front of 100 to 2,000 people, whatever it might be, or 20 people, whatever it is, during the day I will have a certain mindset, and I will make sure that my mindset is very open because, this is very interesting, because the spirit world will use you that day, and they will give you signs, they will give you symbols, they will be around you ready to use you that, that evening or that time when you're going to be working. So, for instance, I was doing um, a demonstration one night, and I was driving on the freeway in Los Angeles, and there was a, a red, white, and blue balloon in the middle of the freeway, and I actually hit my car. Wow. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be using that. Obviously, that's a sign, mm-hmm. so we'll see where that belongs in the demonstration. And it was the very last reading. It was a message from a lady from her son who passed away. And it was, he was talking about being in the coffin and the type of suit he had on, the, the pin that she put on his lapel. And at the very end, I remembered because he gave me that thought in my, my mind. I said, did you perchance have a white, red, and blue balloon that you gave out after he passed? She said, yes, as an honor to him. So you see, so you have to keep yourself kind of open. There's got to be kind of a mindset. And, and for me, I'm just really the, the vehicle of the spirit world. I'm really not working for the living, sorry. <laughs> I'm, not really living for, I'm not working for the living people. I'm actually working for the spirit people. I'm actually the voice of the spirit world or an ambassador, if you will, to that world because... Uh, just to tell you, when people pass out of the physical dimension, the three-dimensional world, one of the first things that happens is we have a life review, where you look back at your entire life and you see all the good things you did, the bad things you did, where you use compassion and forgiveness, where you didn't have patience, where you said things you might not be proud of. So you go through your soul lessons that you signed up for, if you will, before the incarnation, and you see if you passed the test or you didn't pass the test. And really it is a sense, let's say there's a father who passed over and he was never able to tell his daughter he loved her. And it really bothers him in the spirit world that he didn't tell his daughter he loves her. And because he didn't do that, perhaps, maybe she never knew love in her life. She never knew how to ask for love. She never had a relationship with someone because she didn't know about love, so forth and so on. So the father who's very upset about this may, in his mind, want to come back and give her that one last time to say, I'm sorry, I love you. And he might go around the human world looking for the, just the right medium and just the right opportunity to come through and be able to come through, practice enough to coming through, sending a thought, concentrating the, the mind thought to the mind of the medium, how to do it, how to communicate. It's not very easy. It's not an easy process. And you might practice for a long time before that exact moment happens when the daughter's in an audience or with a one-on-one with the exact medium and is able to come through and give her that message. Hmm. So isn't that interesting how much it's, 
it really does work with the spirit world. And this is, again, my experience. It's based upon 30 years of me working as a medium, and that's how I do it. I don't know if other mediums do that. I know there are some that do in the U.K. Um, who have helped to teach me. But that's to me, I'm just a servant, if you will. Well, uh, and of course, my co-host Stephanie is is also a medium, and, and she's always uh, researching how people make those connections and researching how people work. When you get together with other mediums, is that something that you talk about? Do you talk shop, or do you just kind of enjoy each other as people? <laughs> Everybody's a personality. <laughs> so, um, I, as you can tell, I don't know if you can tell, but I have a very outgoing personality. I have a, mm-hmm. a pretty funny sense of humor. I'm Originally from New York, so I'm a little cynical and funny, and that's why Teresa Caputo and I get along. We got along very, very well because <laughs> we kept on screaming, "Oh my God!" Um, it's funny. She's really the only one I've seen recent. Well, that's not true, but the most recent I've seen is her, and we just couldn't get enough of sharing because there really isn't. A, it's interesting because there aren't many opportunities, believe it or not, at least in the United States, for mediums to get together and speak about things, especially two mediums who've had. Uh, public profile, but on television shows and so forth, it's a whole different speak than it would be somebody who's just, you know, been a medium for a year or two or something. So the experience is very interesting. And it was, and because you don't really get to talk about it, you've got to keep it to yourself and your family. So we had a really nice talk, Teresa and I, about, you know, the world that we do this work in and, and, and you know, the world of mediumship. And is it interesting how many people walk their talk who don't walk their talk? And, Hollywood and mediumship and so forth. It's so interesting to be talking to somebody who's had that experience. So, yeah, other mediums, um, I would say the U.K. mediums. I work a lot with the United Kingdom, you know, um, English mediums, and I do classes over there in Scotland and Ireland and England. And I've worked a lot with some very well-known and established mediums who've been working for 30, 40, 50 years. So with them, it's a whole different thing than it is in the U.S. The U.S. The U.S. mediumship is so different than in the UK, and and I just I just got to say in a sign of caution that people in the United States they really have to put the time in, they got to put the effort in, and they got to know why they're doing the work, and the work has got to be to bring service and healing and to raise the consciousness. Well, we had uh, Bob Olson on a few weeks ago, and I know that he's a, a friend of yours. You've worked very closely with him in the past, and uh, he mentioned to us on the program that he doesn't feel like there's anybody out there that is. Uh, intentionally working as a fraudulent medium, that nobody's really out to con anybody. It's just some people might have a little bit more faith in their abilities than they should. Some people are putting more stock in the message that they're getting than they should. Has that been your experience over the years, too, that it's just a, a matter of experience? You know, 110%. And Bob, i got to tell you, it's really a funny story with Bob Olson. And those who don't know Bob Olson, they have to know Bob Olson. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. He was a detective years ago. So he's very down-to-earth, very skeptical. And he does have this afterlife TV uh, website and all about psychics and mediums who are legitimate. But you have to really be tested to get on that site. And this is a funny story. So I've, I really met Bob, about, I don't know, 10 years ago or maybe five years ago or six years ago. And I said to him on the phone, I said, Bob, can you put me on your website? I mean, I'm not there. I'm just wondering. And he said, oh, I haven't seen you work in person yet. <laughs> so said, okay, Bob. And I respected that. I really, really respected that. So I did a, um, a demonstration in Massachusetts and, and invited him and his wife. And they came to see me, and it was a really incredible evening. And it's wonderful. One of the readings, the contacts I made was a little girl who came through to her mother and talked about the dress she was wearing and the prayers that were said at the funeral and so forth and so on. Really great evidential mediumship, okay? Great evidential mediumship. There's no way anyone could deny it, down to her shoes they put on her and all this stuff. 
and he came back and to the backstage afterwards, and I looked at him and said, "Did I pass the test?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." <laughs> Which I I love that. I love that. You know, he's going to test people. That's very sincere, because. Again, I think that people have a good heart. I think the intentions are probably very good. They really want to help people. But I think in our society right now, there's all this quick fix. And even social media, I mean, I heard you at the beginning of the show talking about Twitter and this. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so over my head. I'm so old with technology. <laughs> but we are so quick. We're so fast in society right now that we really don't have time to slow down and process and really process the mediumship, you know, and it takes years to develop it, I think. And then I think the intention is a little bit strange for some people, you know, because I teach mediumship, of course, and I often ask people, the first thing I ask them is, why are they doing it? Why, why are they being a medium? And some people say, well, I want to heal, or I want to help others, or, you know, I want to do, make people feel better. And I say, well, that's great. Why don't you be a doctor or a nurse or a massage therapist or, you know, or a grief counselor? Why would you do mediumship? What is that? Why is that? So it's tough because I think there's got to be a natural ability. There's got to be a sense of a humbleness, humility with the whole thing. I think that you have to realize that the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. And, and, and I think that there are some mediums that get out there and, and this is true, I've seen it in some psychic people or whatever, they'll take a class of mine and they'll do really well in the class. And next thing I know, they're out in the public trying to do readings for people. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, that's dangerous. It's so dangerous. So I don't think they mean to. I think it's just ignorance. I, I really think it's just ignorance. And, and I have to say it because I've I got to speak my truth. I always have. Well, I mean, you work in television as well. You, you've been behind the scenes on shows like Ghost Whisper, and so you know that a lot of the entertainment industry now—it's kind of what they call the the MTV effect, where everybody everything's quick at its quick cuts. You know, there's not really time to develop story in in television in general, and I think it's kind of like that in society, where you know we don't put in the time to let things develop. Everything is—we live in kind of an ADD society, and I think a lot of mediums are trying to read the same way. I, I agree. I agree. And they're doing a disservice. They're doing a disservice mm -hmm. to the living and a disservice to the spirit. And I'm going to tell you something. When they do a disservice to the living, can you imagine them going through information and it's not right, and they're going through all the stuff and making up this, not making it up and not being accurate about that. It's amazing when they pass over, they're going to see all the people that they, they harmed, all the people that whose name they took in vain will be standing there to greet them and saying, what did you do that for? You didn't hear me correctly. Why did you take the time to really focus on that thought? Why did you go right ahead? It's, so it's an interesting thing. I, I just think, yeah, I, I think everything's so fast. And if they're going to do work like that and not have processed correctly and not integrated correctly, then they should have no business doing it. I, I really mean that. I mean, they really don't. Even me, I still have to be in the development circle. I'm still developing, you know. I'm still, you have to do that all the time because things change all the time. Your life experiences change. Your life references change. And um, I just think you know, every medium should have that sense of always wanting to learn, always taking classes, always doing that. And, yeah, that's, that's, and, and building up the confidence, of course. Well, we are taking questions uh, via Twitter. If you'd like to ask us a question, you can tweet us at SpookySC or use the hashtag SpookyLive, uh, which, of course, you can follow along with at SpookyTV at SpookySouthCoast.com. But one of the questions that's in there, Apollo wants to know, for one of these uh, mediums that are just getting started and, and some of the people that you're teaching in your courses, how will they know when they've made a true connection and they're not just imagining it or, or wanting it to happen, that it's actually a true legitimate connection? Uh, that's a very, very good question. Excellent question. And that goes to working with the information that you get. So it works with, um, for instance, if you work, when you first come to a, a work, I know from my experience, and I just finished a class uh, in Tucson, 
Um, you can really get, when people first come to a class, I mean, whether they're inexperienced, completely brand new, or really they've worked for a little bit, it seems that people tend to get caught up in the head, in the head. Am I going to get this right? Oh, my God, what's going to happen? They're used to judging it. Oh, it's, and it becomes more about them than about the message. Yeah. So with a true development, you need to really blend your mind, and you really need to what's called surrender. You need to surrender so much of your mind so the spirit comes in so close to you that you actually feel them, you feel the personality, you feel the characteristics, the personality traits, and that you have to open yourself up that much to fully bring through that. And when you do that correctly, there'll be a certain, if you will, nuance, a very subtle feeling. And then you become very aware of the spirit and you tell the person that you're working with, I have a man here, he's 58 years old when he passes away, he feels like he dies of heart failure, uh, his name is Alfred or Albert, or I get an AL, same with him. And you really want to develop your information, and you'll get it inside you, you'll know it in your, in your pit of your being, that information, because you become the spirit, and the spirit becomes you, you kind of become one. Sorry, Matt, you have a question? Yeah. <clears throat> have you ever come across where a spirit decides it wants to lash out? In other words, they want a negative message being brought out to somebody. Matt, are you wearing black? <laughs> are you wearing a black shirt or something or black no. pants or black? No? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Charcoal gray. Uh, charcoal gray. Okay. I know it's dark. Um, uh, I'm sorry. So, so do I ever get the spirit to lash out? Very good question. And, and, and my experience has been this. I'm more afraid of the living than I am of the dead. I really am. More afraid of the living because you're not sure what you're going to get. But with the dead, I kind of know. So I'm going to throw something back at you guys. And this is, of course, I think this is great to talk like this and interact. And it's how we learn and grow and expand. I think that we have to realize that, that every single human being is God. Every single person is that loving being. We come from a source of love. I think that we've got to be very, very careful that we get, don't get caught up in the mind giving out tricks and got the mind playing games, the mind creating things that are not there based on fear. So I personally believe there is no evil. I don't believe that at all. I think that man, that's man's concept of that. Man is a conception of that. And I think whether it's a religious background or belief systems or whatever, I think it comes from fear-based, if you will, fear-based thoughts. I think that, and you can create more and more of that if you want, because you are God and create anything. Are there those souls that are unevolved? Sure, I, I think there are. I think on this earth world, this three-dimensional world, it's a schoolroom where you have souls of very unevolved beings and souls that are very evolved beings. So there are some souls that are, let's say, going through nursery school, and there are others that are doing postgraduate work. If one thinks that war and hate and, and destruction is the way, they're not evolved. If, if they come from a space of unconditional love, forgiveness, compassion, then they're more evolved. Uh, the, the sense of the law of the universe of energy, which you give out to receive back. If you're going to put your mind on a level of lower, lower level of fear and, and, you know, evil and all that stuff, like will attract like. So you will attract those lower entities or lower beings, if you will. But I think at the core of everyone, we are indeed God. We indeed love. So it's, it's really interesting. It's like a radio station. You were on the radio. So are you going to put your dial to 89.5 or 106.7? And, so, and we have the choice to do that. So that by you by, by you being at that higher frequency, that more evolved connection, uh, spirits that would have that type of an approach, if they are still learning and they are at that lower level, you wouldn't really be connecting with them necessarily because you're already dealing with those that have already evolved. 
It's a great, great insight. The answer is yes and no. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and I'll explain that. And it's a really good insight because like attracts like. So, no, those lower and, and that's what people say, do we need protection? Well, protecting from yourself. But if you surround yourself with pure love energy, you bet you're fine. But just think of it. Thoughts are things. So when I, afraid of, I say I'm more afraid of living than the dead, just think about it. Living people around here, around us, Send out thoughts to us all the time, right? Send out thoughts all the time. And thoughts are things. Thought is energy. So where does a thought go? A thought is a bullet. It goes right to its target. So if someone's thinking of you, whether goodwill or not, that energy is going to go right into your space, which we call the auric field, the electromagnetic field around you. And people will walk around without realizing that they're carrying around with them someone else's thoughts. And they can be good thoughts and bad thoughts. They might be carrying around thoughts. So I tell people, you know, when I work with them, okay, so... As a, as a human being, did you take a shower today or a bath? And they'll say, uh, yeah, yeah. And I say, why? Because I physically want to be clean. What about spirit? What about your spirit atmosphere? What about the thoughts that other people have from you? I, I once did a reading for a lady probably about 20 years ago, private reading. She came to my apartment, and I opened the door, and her whole auric field was shot. It looked like pig pen from Charlie Brown. There were holes and leaks in the auric field, the energetic field around her, and it was really dark colors and browns and grays and all that stuff. I'm like, oh my God, what is this? And she comes into the house, like, please come into the apartment, have a seat, and think, okay. And she starts crying, crying her eyes out. She says, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? I'm so depressed. I can't sleep at night. I worry all the time. I have such bad feelings. What's wrong with me? And I told her, it's not what's wrong with you. It's who's wrong with you. Whose energy are you carrying around with you, making their energy your energy? So what I did was I started to, if you will, alleviate, pull away thought forms that were around her, energies that didn't belong to her, whether they were her kids or her neighbors or whoever it was, and I just grounded the energy. I grounded it using Mother Earth. And within, I didn't tell her what I was doing either. And within 10 minutes, this lady said, oh, my goodness, are you doing something? I feel like my old self again. So it's a sense of being mindful about our energy field. And it's really very important that, for instance, in the morning when I wake up and I take a shower and I cleanse myself, I will then stay and I will visualize, if you will, a beautiful golden light, a God light, or put my mindset in the God-loving energy. And I bring it down to my chakras, to the crown chakra, all the way through the body. And I just imagine illuminating every cell, every muscle, every organ with that God light. I imagine all around me. And any energies that are stuck on me that don't belong to me, any psychic debris from other people, other thought forms, I just visualize that going down the drain through my, you know, out of my fingers and toes, down the drain. And if people do that, they'll begin on a regular basis, like every day, they'll begin to feel a slight sensation of difference and feel centered back to themselves. And it feels really, really good and back to myself. At that point, then I put the white light around me or I, I program my day by saying, may God go before me and show me the way. And, and what's that, what is that is doing is the word God and the word love are actually the same vibrational frequency in this three-dimensional world. So I'm putting that programming, that loving energy around me. So, like I said, like attracts like. So any energy coming my way has to be on that vibration. If not, it'll be repelled. And that's the best way to, to, to answer that. So if people get into that sense of being mindful and taking the time to do that, you'll notice big, big changes. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome answer. 
Um, can, can I just say something to really quickly, you guys? Yes. Uh, the white light, a lot of people talk about white light. White light protects us. Use the white light, white light. And that's true. White light's really, really good. It's really, really good to seal up the space, to seal things up. You bet. If people do paranormal investigations and they cleanse the space, they've, they've brought that whatever, the soul, the spirit, the earthbound entity into the light, whatever you're going to do, and, and, and you need to ground the space and protect the space. And now that once it's clean or you're clean around you, then you put the white light around you because white light seals anything in or, and also prevents it from coming in. So if you put that white light around you but you haven't cleansed yourself or the space, guess what? You're going to seal in that energy. Very true. Interesting, huh? <laughs> Um, I want to. Remind- I know, Stephanie. It makes sense, doesn't it? It does make sense. I wish I could put you in my pocket and carry you everywhere. <laughs> you could buy my books. I, I do it. My voice is on the books too. You can hear them. <laughs> you download them. I, I know that, but for everybody at home, they're amazing. Um, there's so much to it, though. There's so much to this work, and there's so much to this world. You know that we're just scratching the surface, right? But just an energetic level, as a lot of people listening know, it's, it's just a whole different world energetically. It definitely is. I completely agree with you. Um, I want to bring it back a little bit because um, for everybody at home that knows, I talk about it all the time. I was born with a gift, and I didn't know where to turn or what to do with it, and I didn't know I was different. So I want to bring it back to your beginning. Um, okay. How did you realize you had what you had, and who was your biggest influence in your life to teach you the way of... Oh, wow. Good question. My goodness, Stephanie. My goodness, Stephanie. Where did you get these <laughs> questions from? Oh, um, let, let me back you up by saying that you were born with a gift. So, so what do you say you were a gift? What what kind of gift was it? Um, I actually I was able to do everything as a very small child: um, okay. telepathy, telekinesis, uh, mm-hmm. psychic, and then mediumship. Started. Uh, God, I have memories of being in my crib and speaking to yep, spirit. Yep. So same here. Yep. Yeah. I, so, so this is good because I think that people should realize that, and, and you're a great example of it too, that remember that you as a soul, when you're, when you're a child, when you're a kid, baby and, and the child, you've just come from the spirit world. So you've just come from that realm. And so your, your mindset, if you will, and it's funny because the last place the soul will go in and out of the body, um, probably the last, last quarter of the pregnancy, eight, nine, you know, seven, eight, nine months, it goes in and out of the body, that mm-hmm. body getting used to it. And, of course, nine months later, well, I've heard this after birth also, it can, of course, leave the body and come back. And, of course, it comes in and out of the crown chakra, and that's the soft spot. You know, that's why it's right. there. But if, if it's very interesting, because kids, as we know, we're told that kids are very open, kids see things, oh, my gosh, imaginary playmates, that whole thing. We have to think that their mindset is just from spirit. So they're very, very open to seeing things. They're not limiting themselves. They don't know about fear. They haven't been taught judgment yet until probably around age seven or eight. So they're very honest children. So they come in with a lot of psychic, if you will, abilities as yourself. And the same with me. That's exactly what happened with me. I used to see in the cribs. So it's funny you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing, um, I remember this, I have this memory so strong that I must have been, I don't know, uh, under two years of age, I think. And I was in the crib, and my parents were in the living room. They dumped me in that crib, and I was so angry because I wanted to be with them. That's where all the fun was. Mm-hmm. And I just cried and cried, and I remember it. And every time I did that, I remember in the corner of the room, there was a man there standing there with white hair and blue eyes. And he held up some kind of a, I don't know, a toy of some kind, a mo- mobile thing, I think it was. And it would amuse me for, for hours, and I'd fall asleep. And that happened quite a bit. When I was about 
seven, eight, nine years of age, I guess, I was with my grandmother, and she was opening a photo album. And at one point, I saw this photograph, and I said, stop, who's that man? That's the man who used to visit me in the crib. And she said, oh, that's your grandfather. He died before you were born. So that was one of my first experiences. And I remember another experience I had when I was in first grade. Um, my teacher, I went, my first grade teacher, walked up to her, and I said, I just knew it. I said, your son got hit by a car, but it's okay. He just broke his leg. And I just wanted to tell her because I knew this. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would help her. And she said, get back to your seat. And within several minutes, the principal came in, took her out of the room. And several minutes later, the lady came back in the room with the teacher, and she looked at me and she said, come here. And I came up to her desk, and she said, how did you know that? I said, what? And she said, and I was six. She said, how did you know my son was hit by a car? He was playing soccer, and the ball went to the street. He went to get it, and a car hit him. But he's okay. He only broke his leg. And I started crying my eyes out because I thought that just because I had that thought, I made it happen. Mm-hmm. Which is really true in who we are. We create with our thoughts. Right. So I kind of, you know what I'm saying? So it was, and she, she said to me, no, no, James, don't worry. You know, whatever language she used for a six-year-old, she said, you know, God gives people certain abilities or whatever, whatever the word she used for a six-year-old. You'll help people. I remember she said, you'll help people one day. And that was uh, one of my first experiences. So, yeah, I used to see things all the time. I used to see colors around people. Now that we know the aura, I used to know about energy, see energies all the time. Um, and then in my teenage years, it kind of it stopped, and I didn't pay attention to it. It wasn't anything special. And then in my early 20s, I went to see a medium from England on a fluke. Uh, I didn't believe in it. I didn't believe in any of it. I was raised Catholic, and I, and I not necessarily I believe in that Catholic thing, too, but I, I had a sense of there's something different. I'm not sure what it is. And, and I went to this medium with my friend, and I walked into his apartment. He looked at me, and he said, you're a medium. And I said, what? He goes, you're a medium. The spirit world are going to use you in two years' time. And I was no. like, oh, my goodness. And I thought this guy was crazy because I just arrived from New York. I was a cynical New Yorker. I moved to California. Mm-hmm. I thought this guy was, you know, fruit and, fruit, fruit and nuts and crazy and granola and the whole thing. <laughs> so I thought he was kind of crazy. But <clears throat> to make a long story short, he said things about my family members that had passed over, things that nobody knew about, names, addresses, details. And he got my curiosity going to think about life after death, psychic phenomena. And, and what I did was I read up a lot of books I could on psychic phenomena just to figure out what this guy was doing. And I remember reading all these books, and there was a common theme throughout. And the theme was about meditation. If you want to center yourself, get to know yourself, understand who you are as a soul, you, you need to meditate. So I started meditating just to relax myself. I, I wanted to be a sitcom writer because I'm funny. So I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd meditate about being a sitcom writer and visualize that. I didn't know any better. I didn't really know how to meditate. And it was during those first couple of times of meditating Afterwards, I started seeing lights and colors around people like it is a child. And then I was working one day at Paramount Studios in their contract department, and I remember there was a girl co-worker in her cubicle, and I saw this dead lady behind her. And the lady looked right at me and she said, you have to tell my granddaughter I'm alive, I'm okay. And she gave details about where she lived, the state of Idaho, described the house she was living, lived in, and so forth and so on. And the girl said to me, oh, my God, James, that's my grandmother. I used to visit her every summer at her house in Idaho, and she made a promise to me that if she can come through after she passes over, she will do that. And wow. this is exactly what happened. That's really so cool. I ran out of Paramount. I to go back in. <laughs> I ran out, didn't know what to do. I thought I was crazy. I was losing it. Who could understand me? I thought, you know, as you know, Stephanie, probably, you know, you feel alone. You feel like, right. I don't, you know, no one will understand me. What's this bad? I'm crazy. And I called up. The only way I could call up would understand me was that medium that I went to. And when I spoke to him, his name was Brian Hurst. And I said, Brian, this very strange thing happened and so forth. 
And he said, James, don't you remember the spirit world predicted you'd be a, a voice of the spirit world? I said, yes, I do remember that. He said, James, that was two years ago today. Wow. So that's exactly two years. So Brian Hurst would be my teacher for several years after that and taught me about sitting in the development circle. He formed one and really taught me about metaphysics and mediumship and, and so forth. And he was from England. And he had a very good foundation. So that's really my, my first story. And, and how long was it from the, the time that you realized that and, and, and entered into being the voice of the spirit world before uh, you took it publicly and were actually uh, putting yourself out there as someone who could make these connections for people? Wow, Tim. Well, let me tell you, it was really my, uh, I think I was 26 when it happened. It was around there. And I remember, and I was working at Paramount around that time, and I remembered that I would sit with Brian Hurst in this development circle, and I'd work during the day and sit with him at night in, in development circle. And I remember it was several years. And, and through that development circle, I began to understand what guides were and, and you know, spirit guides and so forth and so on. And I remember one of my guides said to me, if you do the work of the spirit, if you do our work, we will always take care of you. You will never be of need. And here I am thinking, oh, okay, they want me to work full time. And I started doing readings with friends, messages for friends, people in the development circle, and it was always very accurate. And I thought, well, this is really weird. And I remember feeling when I did the messages that there was a, such an energy of love, I mean, unconditional love like you, I've never experienced before in my life. I thought, this is amazing, this loving energy. People that come to a room, they come to the room depressed, upset, in grief, and they would leave, you know, flying. They would love, they'd be incredibly lit up and happy and joyful. It's almost like I gave their life back to them, the messages. And I thought to myself, obviously there's no better work to do in the world than to help people in this way. So for my soul, it was definitely a test. I mean, I was tested as I tested every day. So I was tested of faith, and I chose to go with spirit. I quit Paramount. I quit a really well-paying management job with benefits and insurances, the whole thing, not to know what was going to happen. And I started doing two readings a day, and I remember it was all word of mouth, and I was booked within months. And then TV heard about me. And believe it or not, it was the Joan Rivers show, the daytime talk show she had in New York. On, and uh, she called me up and asked me if I wanted to be a guest. And that was my very first show. And she was incredible. And uh, we'd stayed friends for, for the rest of our life. And um, that was the beginning. Then Unsolved Mysteries got to see me. And from there, I did a show called The Other Side on NBC. It was a, a daytime show, obviously before its time. But it was a great talk show every day that had paranormal issues. And... Uh, I was kind of like the resident expert on that show, and it was great. It was really great to see the public. It was really the very first show on daytime that really opened themselves up to paranormal issues. So that was back in the early 90s. And that's something that... And I'm old. I'm in my 50s, and it's what, 2014. <laughs> well, uh, well, that's something that uh, has been slowly evolving over the years. Uh, you know, we, we see it come in spurts in terms of how the public is willing to perceive and digest, you know, things about the paranormal and, and, and things about spirit communication. But you had mentioned earlier how in the UK, you know, you have a lot of, of psychics and a lot of mediums who have been working for a long time and that they have a different approach to how they conduct readings than American readers would do. What about the audience? What about the people who are receiving these readings? What's the difference between those who live in the U.K. and how they're willing to accept this stuff as opposed to the people in the U.S.? Well, it's all different. So let me tell you this. It's all different, Tim. It's really, and I find it very, very fascinating because in college I was going to major in psychology, believe it or not. I was going to major in psychology because I found people really interesting. I thought, oh, they're so interesting. Everyone's so different. And learning psychic stuff. I thought, oh, I want to do some psychology. And I actually, of course, now I am a psychologist. I wear many hats. I'm a you know, minister, a grief counselor, you know, a psychologist, everything. So it's, very, it's a very good question. I'm going to tell you this way. 
everything is energy, and everything is a mindset, if you will. So there are parts of the U.S., different cities in the U.S., and I've been to most, most cities here, that there are some cities you'll go to, and they're very, very open. They're very, very aware. They're very open. They're very knowledgeable. Um, and there are some that are very closed that are not really open to it. Um, but every city is so different. For instance, New York is the hardest city to work with because you have cynical, skeptical, fast people. But I'm from New York, so I get it, and I can deal with that energy. But you've got to be very aware, very quick. L.A. is a different thing. Everybody's kind of spaced out, but they get it. It's fine. Phoenix, a little more. They're open as well, spiritually. The Midwest, Chicago, very, very open. Boston is very open. Um, when you get to, like, Dallas and the south a little bit, there are pockets. There are pockets. Atlanta is open to pockets. But then you also have the religion aspect, too, which, um, and listen, I live in Orange County, California. It's very, very religious here. It's funny. But I, I think it's different mindsets. And then I think that um, in England, it's really funny how open Americans are. I have my uh, British mediums come over here and they say, oh, my God, the American audiences are the best audiences. They're open. They receive it. They're open to the experience. And it's true. They're pretty open to the experience. And we don't have as many mediums as they do, per se, in the U.K., or U.K. is so small, it's so tiny, that the, the United Kingdom would fit in the, side, in the state of uh, Texas 12 times, and it's so small. So mediums are tripping on each other over there. So they're more used to mediumship in a way in the U.K., but I'll tell you something, just from coming there just this past summer, when I taught there, the English audiences and the Scottish audiences, and to, not the Irish, but those two, and even the German audiences, the Swiss, they're very closed. They're very close. They might have incredible mediumship and have incredible detailed evidence, but for some reason they're not, not good receivers. So whether or not emotionally available because, you know, they're very stoic and they hold back. So it makes it harder for the medium to make that contact because it's really a three-way conversation. You're having the recipient, the medium, and the spirit. And if the recipient is closed down and not emotionally there, it's very, very hard. It's very tough. Where in America, it's very, very different. So that's really funny because... And the skill of mediumship, I think that the uh, U.K. mediums are very more aware of how to use the mediumship skills. And the United States needs to learn that. But as far as audience go, the U.S. audience is much better. The best in the world, I think, well, some of the best, the Australian audiences are very open. Very, they're very evolved in Australia in all different ways. I think there are a bunch of aliens down there. It's like some <laughs> different star system, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, then you go to Brazil and South America, and they're all very, very spiritual. In Brazil, everybody's a medium. So it's really interesting. I've gone there many, many times and books down there. I took groups down there uh, to John of God and to, you know, years ago before he was known. And I used to see manifestation all the time. I see spirits all the time manifesting physically in a circle, physical manifestations. Wow. So they're very open down there. Even people are very Catholic, but it's, not, it's more spiritual than religious. So the South Americans are really, and Brazilians would come up to me and say, James, please tell us something. And they were really upset. I said, what is it with you Americans? Why don't they believe this stuff is real? Don't they get it? I said, well, we're kind of a backwards Judeo-Christian kind of society. and We're not sure yet. But, you know, we're all coming along. I think every country evolves consciously as it's meant to, I think. Well, you mentioned it being a three-way conversation, and uh, that makes me wonder, how much are you dependent on the living person that's in front of you that uh, is, is receiving this information? How much do you need to have them... Uh, confirm and to be part of the conversation, or can the spirit continue to co communicate with you, even if it's uh, something that the living might not be so willing to accept? Tim, no wonder you're doing this job. Great questions. Really, really great questions. I'm sure a lot of the people out there would like to know that, that you're asking the questions they would like to. It's a really interesting process. 
and 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 it's so that's why I'm still working and running around the world, the country, doing these demonstrations because every time I do it, it's new. It's it's a, a miracle every time I do it. And and when I'm not thinking it's a miracle, then I stop working. You know. So it, I explain to the audience whenever I go somewhere, and it's funny because. Americans, there are a lot of Americans that are brand new to this sort of thing, and they used to think Teresa on television or John Edward or myself, and they see it on television, but it's very different in person. So you can have all different types of audiences. You might have somebody who's come to that audience who's completely grieving the, their, their dead son. You know, with all they want to contact, they sit there, they're obsessed with him, they're obsessed with, you know, sitting thing, James, James, come to me, come to me, come to me, come to me. And they think that if they say that loud enough in their head, they're actually going to go to them when really what they're doing is just the opposite. They're actually blocking the energy. The energy for the spirit world to work has to be open and clear. So you have to remember when people come to a big group, people are coming to that group with all different expectations, all different life experiences, all different belief systems. And so for the spirit world, in a way they have to blend all that energy together, open these people up, and really work through that stuff, if you will. Okay? And I try to tell people when I'm doing the work, because I think I'm a, also a teacher, and I think for me personally, I have to teach those people, because I'm doing this work not only to prove survival evidence, but to teach them spiritually to be more aware of what the process is like, of what energy is like, and so forth. So I'm very aware that the person is very, very closed down, and, um, and, and they might be so obsessed with hearing from their dead son that they might not hear from their mother who's passed over who needs to get a message through. So it's interesting. So they have to be more open. And people that go there, they're very skeptical. It's all energy. They'll block it. I appreciate skeptics because I'm, I was a skeptic. I appreciate that. And I, see, I think having a certain amount of skepticism is a good thing. I really do. I think it's a good thing. But I think that the skeptic has to be open-minded. So an open-minded skeptic is great. If they're not open-minded and they say this is BS or whatever, then they're a cynic. Then they're cynical. And you can't open up their minds. So that's really, really hard. And they'll never grow. You see, and we're down here to grow. And no matter what you can do, you cannot change their way of thinking. So I, I think it's really important that the person who comes to see a medium really comes with the mindset that this is an experiment. I hope that my loved one can come through. I'm just going to open up to my mind to the experience. Whatever happens, happens. The medium has got to go to that experience being as open as they can and ready to work to turn over their mind to the spirit world. And the spirit people already know what's going to happen. They already know how they're going to come through or how effective they can be. So the more open we are, the audience and the medium, the more successful the sitting would be. Well, we are talking with... That's the question. Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, we are talking with James Van Prague. He will be joining us again in the next hour as well. We can take your calls. I just want to let everybody know, though, they, we're looking for questions. We're not doing readings. Uh, but if you have any questions for James, you can give us a call, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. You can also visit his website during the news break, vanprague.com. It's linked up right on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com, but it's V-A-N-P-R-A-A-G-H. Dot com, or you can just go to SpookySouthCoast.com and click on James's photo there, and you'll be able to get right to his website. You can find out about uh, some of the audio courses that you can take. You can find out about the new book, Adventures of the Soul. We'll discuss all that coming up in the next hour, and we'll also talk about how you can come out and see him in Massachusetts coming up.
up on November 3rd, an evening with Spirit, uh, with James Van Prague and Maureen Hancock. It's happening at the Whitman Hanson Regional High School, which is on Franklin Street in Whitman, Massachusetts, which is only about a half an hour ride, 35, 40 minutes at the most from uh, from the south coast of Massachusetts, where we are. Uh, there are still some tickets available uh, for the mezzanine and the balcony, but you want to jump on vanprog.com right now and get those tickets because they will not last. Uh, they will definitely be gone. It will be sold out uh, by November 3rd. So you can go to the website now to purchase those tickets. And, uh, and and we'll talk about that coming up in the next hour too, James, because Maureen has been doing numerous shows around here. She works very closely with our radio station. Uh, a lot of people know her. And I think to, to have a double bill like this is going to be something that folks are really going to want to come out and see. So we'll talk more about that coming up in the next hour. And uh, we'll also talk more about the book. And we'll talk about how people can learn how to tune into their abilities and study with James Van Prague in that fashion as well. So uh, that's all coming up in the next hour. Uh, we also want to let you know, too, that there's going to be a couple of fundraiser events happening for a local no-kill animal shelter that will be uh, built soon. It is called Odie's Place, O-D-I-E-S, Place, and you can go to odiesplace.com or odiesplace.org. Find out about a few events, including a Paint Your Pet Night that is happening tomorrow at the VFW in Dartmouth. It's only $40. They will actually draw out a photo of your pet, and you can paint it yourself. And then coming up on Monday night, there'll be a Bustard Sports Bar in Dartmouth for a Monday night football pre-party with former New England Patriot and Super Bowl 36 champion Jermaine Wiggins. And that, you can just go and check out what's going on. They're going to be recording a radio show there, and you'll get the chance to meet Wiggy, get an autograph, take a picture of him with a Super Bowl ring, and it all goes to a great cause of building a no-kill animal shelter in the city of New Bedford. So uh, we'll let you know more about that. If you have any questions about it, you can tweet us at SpookySC, and that is where you can follow along with us all through the next hour as well using the hashtag SpookyLive. We'll be back following the news with our guest, James Van Prague, for more here on Spooky South Coast, coming up in just a few moments here on WBSM. Number two of Spooky South Coast. Boy, it feels good to have the full program. Uh, now that the Red Sox are, are done, it's over. And now we will have all of October to talk with you about the paranormal each and every Saturday night. Tim Weisberg here, along with my co-hosts, Stephanie Burke, science advisor Matt Moniz, and the silent assassin, Matt Costa. And we do have some great shows planned for you uh, coming up in October. I'm trying to work out something for next week uh, in preview of Ghost Stalkers, the new show that will debut on Destination America October 19th uh, that I've been the writer and the researcher for. Uh, it's produced by Nick Groff of Ghost Adventures, and it stars John Tenney and Chad Lindbergh. You'll know Chad from The Fast and the Furious, from Supernatural, and of course, John Tenney, uh, he is just known as the weird guy. He's the guy who uh, has been lecturing on the weird for 27 years now, uh, so the two of them are actually investigating places where they feel there is uh, portal activity and strong connections to the other side, because enough of these ghost shows have explained to us by now that ghosts are real or you know at least in their theory ghosts are real but now we have to get to the bigger questions which is why 
Why? How? And what does it mean? So that's why uh, they're going to be investigating some of the locations that they're investigating, and those are the answers that they are seeking. So that debuts October 19th at 10 p.m., on Destination America. So hopefully we can have all the guys come on. We'll have John, we'll have Chad, Nick, if we can uh, work it out with his schedule, and Dave Roundtree, who is the uh, technical advisor for the show. He's the guy who creates some of the cool new experiments uh, that Chad and John will be trying out, including a device that can possibly detect portals. So that's a, a very interesting thing when you see it on the screen and see how it works uh, it's going to kind of change the game a bit in the paranormal realm so that will debut october 19th and then of course later on in october here on the program we're going to have mark anthony the psychic lawyer on october 11th and we'll also have our annual bridgewater triangle edition of spooky south coast one of our most listened to one of our most downloaded shows each and every year the bridgewater triangle investigation show and i'm working on getting us a, a special guest for that show and if it all works out this will probably i think it's the first time he'll ever discuss these topics uh, in public. So it'll be really interesting if we can get him. I don't want to give anything away until we get him to agree to come on the program, but if it works out, I'm really interested in finding out because he was very influential in a lot of the Bridgewater Triangle hauntings. So stay tuned for all of those shows. But, of course, tonight we are talking with our guest, James Van Prague. He is a evidential spirit medium. He is one of the most recognized mediums in the world. And, and Stephanie, I know he's someone that you have always uh, looked up to in terms of utilizing your gifts and abilities, and, and he's somebody that you have had the opportunity to see and uh, that uh, people can now get the chance to see themselves if they want to see him November 3rd, but you have to act quickly. And you can attest, Stephanie, to how the, the audiences react to seeing James and Maureen Hancock in person. Right. Um, I actually, I've seen Maureen a bunch of different times now um, over the past few years. And uh, last year, I believe it was October, um, I am very good friends with Candace Dalton, who is Maureen Hancock's niece, who is a fabulous spirit medium herself. Um, and last-minute decision to just go to the show and, you know, it was... You know, a quick phone call. Hey, do you want to come with me? And I said, sure, let's go. And I didn't know what to expect. I've seen James on TV for years upon years, read his books. And um, I have to say it's probably one of the most profound things I've seen. Um, I mean, I, I tell everybody this, not just because he's on our radio show tonight. <laughs> but um, it, the way that I was taught, I was brought up. I learned was everything that I got to see on stage that night, and it completely blew my mind, blew me away. Um, most amazing experience. So if anybody has not bought a ticket, that's something that you definitely want to put on a list, a bucket list, anything. See James Van Prague live. I'm so, so sad I have to miss it this year. Yeah, you're going to be otherwise uh, occupied. I am going to be occupied, very occupied. <laughs> But uh, the, and I'm sad about it. The uh, I don't know if you want to let let James know why you're going to be. Are you having a baby, Stephanie? I am. <laughs> so I, I will that's what be, I felt. Yes, I will be in the hospital, so I won't Good be able girl. to come. Well, if you have to miss it, that's the best reason. I know. I know. <laughs> we'll be thinking of you, Stephanie. Thanks. <laughs> well, the the show is happening on November 3rd at the Whitman Hanson Regional High School. Uh, it, again, the only tickets left are for the mezzanine and the balcony. It is general admission seating there, uh, so you want to make sure that you arrive early when you do purchase your tickets. Uh, they are $59, which is a bargain yes. to be able to see James and Maureen in the same night. And, and James, I know that you do these Evening with Spirit shows. Uh, you're, you'll be touring Canada. You're all over the country, all over the world yeah. with this. How does it work, though, when it's you and Maureen uh, together as part of the same show? 
Well, you know, it's very interesting, Tim, because I, I don't work with a lot of mediums. I just don't, but I love to. And if I can, and we are able to jive together, it works really well. Personalities work well. We originally met on the Ricky Lake show, and the moment we saw each other backstage, it was like that feeling as if you knew somebody from before. It was a connection of, like, familiarity. And seriously, the moment we started meeting each other, just said, hello, love, hello, love, and we started doing the Irish jig together. So that was right there. <laughs> so when you're, when you're on that energy, you just want to work with it and be with it and, and share that time. And I really respect Maureen. I respect how she works, and she's a phenomenal, incredible medium. And she really works the crowd, and she has a great sense of humor, and put us together a sense of humor, and it's just like a stand-up comedy act. Um, what happens is really, it's, it's really just open to... Um, Either I'm going to do the first part or she'll do the first part, or, and then we'll also do what we call a double link, which means that there's one meeting that will start making the link, making the contact, and then the other person, the other meeting will work on the contact that's already been established. So if I bring, so let's say, a father named Fred who died at um, 73 at emphysema, and I give all the details, then she jumps on that connection, if you will. So she's blending with my my mind and the spirit contact, and she builds up the, the contact that way. She builds up the information. And you kind of go back and forth. It's like, a, it's like a dance. It's like a really wonderful dance. And there are some mediums that are very good at double links. Uh, myself and Maureen are great. Myself and Tony Stockwell are great. And there are others that just can't really do it. They're just not used to working with another person because it used to get be give and take the whole thing. We worked together last year, like Stephanie was talking about, and I just loved it. We had a great time. We laughed. We cried. And that's how it's going to be this time. So many people want to see us again that I'm coming back into uh, uh, Boston to do that. And I'm also going to, um, by the way, I talked to Maureen today. She's very excited. And I asked her how many tickets left. She said, well, uh, you know, you think 200 tickets left. So they do got to buy them quickly if they're going to get in. But also just let people know if they want to see me, if they want to travel a little bit. I'll be in uh, upstate New York at some different events. I'm also doing an event with an incredible healer by the name of Deborah King. And she's amazing with energy. She takes blocks away, emotional blocks, she until the energy of her room. And she's really, really very good, very cool. So people can look at that. That's on my website. But I will be in the area. So if, if they can't get to see myself and Maureen or it's sold out, you know, please go to another area. And, of course, if they want to experience uh, more of your uh, stories and, and more of your insights, they can check out the new book, which uh, has already hit the, the shelves, as well as uh, the Kindle edition as well. Yeah, yes, it premiered as number one on New Thought and Amazon, and it's right now doing really well. It's uh, still very top. It's a big seller, and it's called Adventures of the Soul. And uh, I had to write the book because, uh, and the reviews are incredible. Amazon, people go to Amazon see it. Great reviews. Uh, and all my writing, all my books are always very, very simple, as Stephanie can attest, <laughs> because I believe that this information is really just, it's the information, it's a sense of, Everybody knows this stuff deep down in their souls. They know about energy. They know about the, the spirit. They know about the spirit world. They know about a space, if it's haunted or not, or what it feels like. So it's really it's information that people will gleam, that they'll recognize. It's simply written because I believe you can't talk down to people. You can't talk up to people. You just got to talk to people. And it's, it's really um, that, that is what the book is about. My, my deep, close friend, Debbie Ford, who was a life coach, and she worked with the shadow side of cells, the darker side of our personalities. She worked with for many, many years to heal that dark side of ourselves, the shadow side of ourselves. And I worked with her because um, uh, when she was passing away, she passed away of a rare cancer, and she asked me if I'd help her pass over. And I did. I helped her pass over, and I passed, helped her pass over mentally because I wasn't there physically. So I went into a meditation, and I saw her very clearly, and mentally 
sending, sending thoughts back and forth. I said, Debbie, why don't you leave the body? What's going on? And she said, I have an 18-year-old son, James. I don't want to leave the body. I'm an 18-year-old son. And I said, Debbie, he's going to be taken care of, and so if your mother's here, he'll be fine at school. And she said, it's so strange, death. She said, I had to learn my whole life how to live, and now I have to learn how to die. And, and then she said, it's like having keys to a car, but I don't know how to drive. So I was able to get in that space with her in mental state, mental space, and I was able to bring through um, the names of people that passed over. They're waiting for her on the other side of the veil. And there was two people from Miami that she knew, these two guys, and, and then her father, and I was able to give this information, which was verified later on by her sister, and I said, they're waiting for you. Just breathe into it, breathe into it, just fly. You've done it many times before. Anyway, um, that lasted about a half hour, and then meditation was over. I went inside to watch television to my, um, my house and uh, out of my office, and about an hour later, hour and a half later, this freezing, cold, cold breeze, freezing ice chill comes right up to me, and I'm really tall and big, and I'm like, oh, it's Debbie, it's Debbie. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Debbie. I didn't see her. just felt that cold, freezing breeze. And all of a sudden, the phone rings, and it's her sister, and she said, Debbie just passed. So, I mean, it was a, it was a trip. And I thought, you know what, i got to write a book because if Debbie, who works with the light, a light worker, she doesn't know how to die, what about everyday people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about them? So the book is really about your soul's journey and about why we come back, when we come back, where do we go. I, I cover a lot, so lessons that we come back to learn. Um, I also talk a little bit about, you know, you mentioned earlier about haunted spaces, and I know a lot of people who listen to your show want to know more about ghosts and haunted spaces. So I can address that, too, if you'd like. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we were actually discussing that uh, during the news break off the air. Uh, and I, I knew that. See, I'm psychic. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have any questions about that I can, I can answer? Well, I mean, is there a difference? We all work as paranormal investigators as well. I, w- I wouldn't call myself one, but uh, my co-host, Matt Moniz, has been one for a long time. Stephanie conducts investigations both you know, using her abilities and not, you know, also using right. uh, the technology that's out there, and, and Matt Costa does as well. So one of the questions that well, I have... Well, let me ask you this, Tim. Let me, let me ask you guys this. What's the point of doing... What, what do they do paranormal investigation? Just curious. What is it behind that? Well, for the most part, if you're somebody who is out there helping people who have a haunted home and, and have activity in their home, you're trying to help them get answers to see if it's something that might be legitimately paranormal or if there's just a rational explanation for it. But for... People like ourselves, we're doing it more uh, for our own answers and for our own explanation. For us, we've gone beyond, as I mentioned, talking about the new show Ghost Stalkers, we've gone beyond the if it's happening, and we're trying to get into the why it's happening. Yes, very good. I, I think also, and I'm, I'm sure you know about this, the people that are listening, there's a great, great uh, guy in, in Australia at um, a great website. He's a lawyer for the afterlife, Victor Zamet. And it's called Evidence of the Afterlife. And he has on his website, and he sends out a weekly report about all the phenomena, psychic ability, about ghosts, about hauntings, about um, really, it's a great site, great Victor Zamet, so people want to know about that. Um, I believe, and I'm sure you, you guys, what we're working with is energy, so it's just energy. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are to be aware that what we, our thoughts are things, I said earlier, so thoughts are things. And I believe that the spirit world is all around us. You know, I don't think it's like there's a cloud and heaven's above us. No, heaven's around us. And it's just a matter of frequencies. So I think it's very much about the mindset. I can think of a couple of things with hauntings and with a little bit of activity. I think it's a bunch of different things. First of all, I think it might be, number one, the mindset. It could be the mindset of that spirit, of that person when they're passing out of the body. I think, number one, they might not realize that they're out of the body. And, and I have a friend of mine who's a ghost uh, 
Hunter and the, the, uh, the uh, show Ghost Whisper with her, Mary Winkowski. She's very, very good. And her and I don't necessarily agree on one thing. She said they always know when they're out of the body. And I'm like, you know, I've had experiences where there's been some emotional thing happening and they're out of the body and they're, you know, when you leave your body, you're outside of time. There's no time. There's no linear time. So in a way, you're just existing on mind and mental thought. So I, would, I think that there are pockets, no doubt about it, of, of spirits who, I don't know, from, from, when I did the Ghost Whisperer, there was a lot of research that went into it, and, and I walked around with um, Jennifer LaVue and worked with her and, and the other producers sharing them, you know, all these different types of experiences, paranormal experiences, ghost hunting. And I found that the, the energy that the spirit will use, the ghost, let's say a ghost, let's say a ghost could be a spirit who, number one, maybe there's unfinished business. Maybe there might be some situation where they want to, they don't want to leave right yet because, let's say a man passes away and he, he, is, he has life insurance, but he, the wife can't find the policy. He wants her to find that policy. He's not going to go to the light or go into that world when he's still concerned about the wellness of his family. Or a mother who has a baby and she dies in childbirth and she doesn't want to go into that light. She, wants, she thinks in her mind that she needs to be close to that baby so she'll stay there. There are those beings, and I'm sure a lot of people that have done this investigation work will find that, that the energy that the ghost or the, the spirit, that spirit would work, work with is the fear energy. Because fear energy really stirs it up. And they need energy to manifest. They need energy to, to hold on to, to be around. So you will find some of the most haunted places, which I don't know if a lot of you guys have found in your investigations, you'll find the most haunted places are places of fear. So hospitals are very uh, haunted, dentist offices, Planes, airplanes, uh, terminals, actual planes, and I've seen it. I've seen ghosts and planes. So it's at prisons. So it's a place that fear energy can be very, very uh, palatable, if you will. And, and I also believe that there's such sometimes an emotional charge with certain spaces. Now in Boston, you were talking about Boston and Massachusetts, we've got a lot of war there, the revolution, and, and everything over there. And, and even Gettysburg, when, when those people leave that body, and maybe it's done through war or in horrible ways, sometimes it just, it's kind of like they're in a shock and they're in that in-between state that they're not fully aware yet that they're out of the body or they're in the in-between state. Can I say that, the in-between state? Because I do believe, uh, and I've sat through this many times with, with uh, mediums from England. Leslie Flint was a very incredible phys, uh, physical medium with the actual voice box that would appear in the air and voices would come through. And I've actually sat with him when he was alive, and my mother came through, and a guy came through with the name and details, and I looked him up and found this guy. And they talk about rescue circles. The rescue circles would be those spirits or ghosts, you want to call them that, where they might not realize they're out of the body and they're kind of caught in between. So people would sit together in a circle and call them rescue circles, where they would mentally, as you sit together, you form a light. You just do. You actually form a light, like a beacon. And you would invite into that space those spirits, those ghosts, those people who may not realize they're passed over and may need to move on. And so you're helping to rescue them to bring them to the other side. So remember, everything is what you think. It's your mindset. And, and it works really interestingly because, as I said earlier, I was going to be a psychologist. When I do my work, I'm very aware of the spirits that are coming through. And I'll be talking to someone, let's say, in the audience, and this has happened many times, and I'm bringing through a relative of hers. And at the corner of my eye, I'm aware that there's another person there. And in one case, it was a man, and he was folding his arms, and it was her father. And he said to me mentally, I'm not going to communicate with you. And I'm saying to him mentally, why not? And he said, I don't believe in this in life. Why would I do it after I die? <laughs> Isn't it interesting? So that mindset kind of stays there with us. 
That's that's mm -hmm. incredible because here it is. You know, he, he's he, we always hear people say, you know, when you're on the other side, all the answers come to you. But I guess you have to be willing to listen to them and to accept not, them. Not necessarily, to Tim. Exactly. You, you know, you, you, just because someone dies around the physical body or the physical dimension doesn't mean they have the answers to the universe. They just don't. You're the exact same mindset that you were here. So, for instance, someone's a um, born again Christian or religious some way or whatever it was, Buddhist or whatever, when they pass out of the body and they think that's their heaven, that's what the heaven they'll have because they've created that based upon their thoughts. And there are other beings who believe in Catholicism or Buddhism or, or whatever religion, uh, Muslim, whatever it might be, and they will have that heaven that they've created and there'll be other spirits there on that same level believing the same way. So in the Bible it says my father has a house with many mansions. And what I believe that to mean the various levels which exist spiritually and I think we go to that level based upon our belief systems and you know, our thoughts and desires. And I, and I think on that level, you're with people at the exact same level. So, so for instance, in this earth level, I said earlier, you know, it's nursery school or postgraduate work. We're all different souls of all different evolution and non-evolution here. But when you get to the spirit side of life, you go to a level where all the people are the same, like attracts like. So there'll be always those spirits that are evolved higher than you and then those that are lower, that are closer to the earth, to the astral world, or a bit lower, who are unevolved. That definitely exists. I got a question then. How about animals? Animals. Oh, don't we love the animals? I think, you know, it's really interesting because I think that the human being gets so caught up with the conditioning, the conditioning and the limitations. And I think that humans would like to figure everything out and have answers for everything. And I think that we as humans get caught up in the, the complexity of the simplicity. I think it has to be complex for it, for us. And it's not. It's, it's really just energy. It's either love or fear, and there's nothing in between. Life is a series of choices, and all choices are based on either love or fear, and that's exactly it. So animal, the animals, those lovely beings, I believe personally they're very evolved beings, and they've chosen to come back, whether it's in lifetimes uh, with the same soul group or soul family, to assist us in loving ourselves. I mean, they have wonderful teachers of unconditional love, aren't they? I mean, you, you hit a dog and they come right back for petting. You know, it's, so it's wonderful ways to, I think they're very evolved beings. Well, we actually got a question, and of course, if anybody has any questions for our guest, James Van Prague, there's the old-fashioned way. You can call in, 508-996-0500. I like the old-fashioned way, Tim. <laughs> I'm very old-fashioned. And also toll-free, 877-996-1420. But just a reminder, we're asking James questions. Uh, we're not asking for readings. That's something that we'll do another time. But tonight, we're just going to uh, find out more about uh, James's thoughts and, and feelings on different aspects of uh, spirit communication. And then also, if you would like to join in the conversation online you can follow along with us on twitter at spooky sc you can tweet us using the hashtag spooky live or you can check out the uh, twitter chat room on spooky tv at spooky which is where you can see the video of what's going on on the program as well but we did get a question uh, via twitter uh, and this comes from let me make sure i uh, it comes from ayla and she wants to know what she should look for when choosing someone to help her develop her abilities Oh, great, 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 great. Well, I, I have on my actual website, vamprog.com, I actually have a resource page, and it lists all the mediums which I, I uh, support. And anything that they do, great teaching, great. Um, that's fantastic. I really want to say you've got to go really by recommendations, always. Even if it's a reading, it's a, even a paranormal investigator, you've got to go by recommendation, of course, always. Um, and, and I think that um, really, gosh, it's so different because it depends on the experience of the teacher. I mean, how many years they've been teaching, how many years they've been a medium. 
there's the Arthur Finley College in England, which is a university. It's I swear to you, it is Hogwarts. It really Hogwarts <laughs> was based on Arthur Finley College. So there's an actual Hogwarts, and and in their own mediums, and their mediums working there 50, 60 years. Um, so it depends on where you want to go and how deep you want to get involved with it. But definitely, I think churches are very good. Some spiritual churches are great to learn from there. And so that's, I think that's my recommendations. Well, and of course, people could also uh, learn more as well by going to your website, vanprog.com, and they can get Adventures of the Soul, the online course, uh, the Enhancing Your Intuition online course. You have a number of different courses that people can take to learn yeah. how to hone these abilities and, and learn more about them. Yeah, and I did that, Tim, because it really was as a result of questions and insights and interests that people had. They would ask me, please create a course about this or can do a meditation about that. So I created meditations and online courses uh, on the website for people. And it's an ongoing process. You know, we're always growing, so we always take people's suggestions. I have a great Facebook page. I go on all day. I was on there all day today. And I uh, answer questions. And I, if people have some, you know, curious things they want to ask about it, I can go on my Facebook page. It's me with the um, black shirt, and I'm holding my hands like I'm praying. <laughs> That's the Facebook page, James Van Prod. I have to say that I, I think I love you a little bit more now, only because of the Harry Potter reference, because I have a very small obsession myself. So <laughs> Small? Small. It's Just so a... true, Harry Potter. Oh, it's so true, isn't it? Look at all the magic. There's so much magic there. Uh, I love it, yeah. but I am. Um, I actually I had a chance to go to Arthur Finlay um, a few years ago, and I had to turn it down, and I always wondered... Uh. You know what? What it could it be like, or you know? Stephanie, you got to go back. Stephanie, I would now it's baby, love you got to go back. You got to go back because if someone's really serious about mediumship, it's one of the best places in the world to study. If they're not with me, they'll be. <laughs> they're, Arthur Finley's great because they have, they have really mediums from all over the world, and they have different courses each week. And I mean, they take it very, very seriously. They start work from nine o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock at night. And they're very, very serious about their mediumship. So that's a great space. Also, England itself and Ireland, very haunted places. I mean, I just came back from Edinburgh. Boy, it was like walking into a portal. Talk about portals. It was like walking into a portal. It was pretty amazing. Pockets of energy. I think Europe is great for that. <laughs> well, you, you had mentioned uh, a few moments ago about finding a place where there's been a lot of uh, spiritualist study. And, yeah. uh, of course, everybody knows Lilydale in New York, but the number two spiritualist camp behind Lilydale, back at the height of spiritualism, was a stone's throw from where we're broadcasting right now and actually in our hometown uh, of Onset, Massachusetts. Well, we're, we're from Wareham, uh, three of us anyway, but uh, there's a, a, a village within Wareham called Onset, Massachusetts, Massachusetts that had one of the most predominant spiritualist camps uh, back in the spiritualism era, and they actually still have what's called the Aniset Wigwam, which was a wigwam, a Native American-style wigwam that was built by the spiritualists as a way to kind of connect with those spirits that have come through for them from what was then, you know, a uh, hundred years or two hundred years before for the, for that era for that generation. Do you find that uh, a lot of the times when you go to these places, there are uh, physical buildings that are made with the idea of helping to connect better to the spirit? Uh, first of all, wow, thanks for informing me of that, because I didn't know that existed, so that's hey, you, really interesting. You can that, come that, anytime that you want to come. We'll give you a tour. Oh, thank you. Wow. Hey, I, and also, let me jump in, too, about something else. Um, for people to study who are really serious about the mediumship here in the U.S., I also am a faculty member of the Omega Institute, and that's in Rhinebeck, New York. And I'm actually going to be doing a course there in October, in two weeks or three weeks, I think. And it's about soul connections. And it's all work really with the mediumship and energy. So that's on my website. But Omega Institute is another great foundation in uh, northern New York, two hours out of New York City. 
and they teach everything from paranormal. I mean, this week, John of God, who's a physical medium, and they do all types of mediumship and, and paranormal work there. Um, I find that, yes, in, in the day, of course, and of course I know Lilydale very well because I've been there and I've been there for many years. I've seen it and been around it. Sure, in the day, I think in the early 1900s and when spiritualism was at its height, I think there were very much there are places that are built just for that, just for contacting spirit and being part of it. Another place which I, I have a great little story to tell everybody um, is the Edgar Casey Foundation in Virginia Beach, the ARE. Um, and Edgar Casey, for those who don't know Edgar Casey, they really should because he's a sleeping prophet. And what happened was he was, I think, a very religious man. I think he was an Episcopal minister. I'm not, I might be wrong, but I know he was very religious. And he would have, he'd go into trances. He'd fall asleep and go into a trance. And what he's known for is really leaving his body and going to what's called the Akashic Records in the spiritual realms and being able to find a remedy for that soul that he's working with. He'd come back in the body and he would give them a remedy by drinking so much of this type of oil or this, whatever it was, the concoction. And people would do it and get better. And he would have a lady sitting there really transcribing whatever he was saying when he was in a deep trance. And people were healed. People were getting healings. So that was pretty amazing. And, and that was in the 30s and the 20s, 30s. People from all over the country would go there. Now, this is really funny. Talk about ghosts or spirits. And I was asked to benefit there many years ago, the Association of Research and Enlightenment in Virginia Beach. And because I love Edgar Casey, I love his works. I said, I'm going to do that. I'll do a benefit for them. That's great. So I flew, you know, several planes to get there from California. And I got there, and I did, did a benefit. There were over 200, 300 people. It was packed. But the grandson never came, UK, so he never really came to acknowledge that I was there or say thank you. And I thought, God, that's really strange. Why wouldn't he just come and say thank you for doing this for us? And I thought it was a little, I was a little pissed off. Like, why didn't, why didn't that happen? So I went back to my room that night, went to sleep. It was a Sunday night. I had to get up very early because I had to catch a plane back, two planes back. And it was probably at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm in that twilight state. You know, a lot of us are in that twilight state in between the spirit side and the earthly side. And all of a sudden, I'm very aware that there's a man at the end of the bed, very strong, and big, long arms, and a white coat, and holding a white coat. And I'm like, oh, my God, who is that? And I think, are you Edgar Casey? And he said, yes, I'm Edgar Casey. I want to thank you for coming down to my foundation. Thank you very much, Dr. Van Prague. And I said, Dr. Van Prague? And he hands me this coat, and I'm like, something's happening really quickly. And I said, Dr. Van Prague? And he goes, yes, you've helped to heal many hearts. Wow. And I was like, That's oh, cool. my God. And then he said... Please, it was something, you have arthritis in your left knee. Please refer to writing 5883 for the remedy. I'm like, uh, and I'm like, I'm freaking out. Okay, okay, <laughs> thank you, okay. And the people I, I, that drove me to the airport, they worked at Airy. And I said, oh, you know what, he shows up. And he said, um, we'll send you the list of remedies. And sure enough, when I got it, there was a remedy for knee, for arthritis in the knee. And I tried it, I'm fine. <laughs> wow. wow. Great story, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we did have a question uh, come uh, come in online. Eric wants to know, since we're talking about uh, different ways that you can communicate with spirit, he wants to know, what are your thoughts on Ouija boards and uh, and if people should be using them? Oh, great. Yeah, Ouija boards. You know, Ouija boards have a bad rap. It's like Scorpios. Bad rap, Scorpios. Poor Scorpios. You know, Scorpios, people think they're overly sexed. Not true. <laughs> Scorpios think about sex because they're, they're, Scorpio is a reproductive area, but Taurus are the ones that actually do the sex. So, gotten a bad rap, and I think it's just uh, ignorance. Again, here we go. So, I think that these are just the Ouija board, crystal balls, psychometry, um, a pendulum, tarot cards, pendulum, you know, uh, dowsing rods. I think these are all ways of just tuning into source, tuning into the energy, tuning into that knowingness, if you will. So I think it's just a tool to use to tune into that. 
if you will. And I think it's a wonderful way to contact spirit if you use it the right way. Like anything, you have to know how to use it the right way. You certainly wouldn't use a um, uh, a trimmer and not know how to turn it off or, or cut the wrong thing. So it's the same thing with, with the Ouija board. Ouija is a wonderful instrument if used correctly. Anytime anybody, then we go back to the mindset of things, anytime anybody wants to work, and whether it's a paranormal investigator, whether it's a psychic, whether it's a medium, whether it's a healer, anytime you want to work into those realms, you've got to do it with respect and responsibility. So when you're going to do Ouija board and use that, it's fine as long as you do it with the right mindset. So you do it with an element of love and healing and humility and bring up the energy, bring up the highest point possible of healing, you're fine. Remember, it's always the mindset. It's the energy of the mindset. And like attracts like. So if you're going to sit around and get drunk and do whatever, and then try to use it as a game and play around, not good because, hey, I mean, it, it's not a toy. It's a, it's a, it's a tool. Uh, just like you wouldn't drive a car drunk. I mean, you wouldn't do that. It's the same thing with any type of work you do. Even, as you know, the paranormal investigators, you gotta, your mind has to be in the right space. Because if you're not secure and if you're not properly grounded and there's a spirit who's there who wants to screw with you and you're not well grounded, they're going to be able to do that. And they'll get in your head and so forth. So it's all about the mindset. Well, one of the problems that people have when they use these is, you know, they come back and say, yeah, I was using the Ouija board, and a demon came through. Are, are there demons? Are there demons in your experience? It's funny. I, I was once at a conference in San Francisco, and it was 2,000 people in an auditorium, and they were really serious. <gasps> they were so serious. They kept on talking about, like, really, there were psychologists and medical doctors and very left brain. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have to go out on stage and break that energy. It's just too serious. I'm like, oh, my God, we've got to lighten up. We've got to find the joy. So I was just waiting for some way to get in. And I remember they were so serious. And I got to the question point, and the lady said, um, one lady said, can I ask you, about curses? And I said, you mean like S this and, you know, and like, oh, the whole audience was like, oh, he actually cursed on stage. And I knew what she was saying, but I was just goofing because I wanted to lighten up, but they were so serious that we cursed on stage. And you could feel the energy going from the front of the stage all the way to the back of the auditorium. I'm like, oh. And then I said, it's just a word. It's the energy you put behind it that gives it meaning. And they all love that. They go, oh, yes. Ooh, that's right. That's true. Yes. So they like the left brain part. So I, don't, I, I think that demons and devils and pitchforks, I think that's mythology. Mm-hmm. I think man made that up. I think that's cultural. That's custom. I don't believe in that. The devil made me do it. And I think that's a really good um, crutch that people can have. But I don't think that's real. I mean, it can be real if you want it to be real. If you want to pass over out of the body in spirit realms, and you want a place of fire and brimstone and hell, and you, just like in South Park, you can have it. <laughs> you can have anything you want. And that's what you materialize everything that our mind is set to. So if people think they're going to have that. They can have that if they want to, if they wish to. But it doesn't exist in, this, in, in life, in the spirit. It's not that way. Hell, really, to me, the earth is hell. This is hell. Living here is hell. That's hell. Because, you know, there's a lot of ignorance in the world. There's a lot of people that want to kill people. There's a lot of violence. People don't tend to see the God in every single person. And that's, I think, why we come back here. I think we're down here to see God in every single person and understand the oneness, that we all have a connection. And I think we have to, if we don't get it, we have to come back and learn that connection. No matter what lessons that's all going to go through to get to that, might be a terrible lesson, difficult lesson, but you'll get to it eventually that you'll realize and recognize the God self in each person 
So I don't believe necessarily in those sorts of things. Well, there, and you also answered uh, the, the question posed by Amanda via Twitter about hell. So I know because I'm psychic. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, also she tweeted you too. But uh-huh. Matt, you had a question. Yeah. What about alien? Aliens love it. Um, a good friend of mine is Shirley MacLaine, who I was just with. You know Shirley MacLaine. Yes. And she's very into, and I did a reading for her for her 80th birthday. And she is fabulous and very, very, I mean, you know, you asked me earlier, I think, Stephanie, who I looked up to the most. i got to say Shirley MacLaine, because she wrote the book Out in a Limb. And I read that back in the 80s, and that was right before I did my work. And I'll tell you, everything in that book, I felt, it resonated in my soul. I was like, I know that, that experience, that experience. And she's very much, and I, I agree with her. Um, I think that we're all aliens. I think that we have to recognize that we are just one on this earth. The earth is just one space, one place, one school. I think when we look at it, we got to realize that the earth world is like a grain of sand on a beach. So, so look at that. Look at that. So just one grain of sand on that beach. Look at how big the beach can be. So I think that we have to realize there are other star systems out there, lots of star systems. I think that we have to realize that I think humans are a little bit um, unevolved. I think that and many times they'll come through and talk about that. And, and I've contacted alien beings. We call them aliens. Star people, uh, death without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, I remember one experience I had in Sedona, and I brought people over there to see UFO ships because they're very prevalent there because they, they go in and out of portals there. And I remember... Um, I wanted people to see that, have an experience, and we couldn't see anything. We looked at the sky, didn't see a thing. And I'm thinking, my responsible self, like Capricorn self, like, oh, my God, these people think they see something. They've got to see something. What are we going to do? And I heard someone say, from spirit, meditate. You have to meditate. Raise your vibration. Raise your frequency. So we did that. We raised our frequency. We did the vibration uh, change and meditation. And we all started seeing colors and lights flickering all over. And the closer they got, you could see there was some kind of machine, some kind of definitely some ships of some kind, without a doubt. And I was really trippy. And I remember the guy that was helping said, they're here. I'm like, duh. And he said, can you get contact? Will you communicate? So I said, let me try. So I walked out of this field, and I opened myself up, my chakra points, an energetic field. And it's almost like the elevator went up, and I heard very, very clearly. And not only did I hear it, but I sensed that this energy was really dumbing down the information. And it was like putting a 747 through the head of a needle. And I could tell it was so beyond us and this human comprehension. But I heard, we don't understand one thing. We are from the Pleiades. We don't understand one thing. You humans have the energy of love all around you, yet you don't use it. Why is that? And that was it. That was it. That's all they said. And I've, you know, I've, I've been around very much in Brazil. You see them. Yeah, I think the more aware you are, the more aware you are of those other life uh, life around us. I mean, they're all around us. It's just if we can see them or not, we raise our consciousness. A friend of mine, uh, Kathy Forte, who wrote a book called The Facets of God, it's just out now. She talks about being on ships and, you know, being on the ship and describing the ships, the different types of ships, the different leagues that there are and so forth. So, yeah, I definitely believe in that. When I was doing a development circle, alien beings, we call them aliens, I guess, these beings would show up. These star beings would show up and they look very differently than humanoids. Very, very differently, but I could tell the uh, um, level of love all that was very, very different than I was used to on the human level. So I do believe in it, yeah. Well, uh, the, Are you still there, everyone? No, we're still, we're still here. <laughs> okay, okay. I was, I, I, ponder, I, yes. I was uh, I was just thinking as you were saying that though like a lot of folks, uh, myself included, you know, we haven't really made up our mind of of what 
aliens could be exactly. Are they beings from another planet? And you mentioned them being star beings. You, is that a, a physical coming from another planet, or is that coming from some sort of cosmic consciousness? What, what, how do you view oh, them? No, no, no. I think it's very real. I think it's a different dimension. But I think that I think they're all around us, but they're in different dimensions. I think that they shapeshift as well. And I think that that happens all the time. And I think that we humans are so stupid. We're just we think we're the only ones around. How could we possibly be the only ones around? Right, we're not even the only ones on our own planet. <laughs> you know, we, I mean, exactly. We're the only ones on our own planet. It's like hello. So I mean, really, it's. Um, I think and I'm going to tell you this. The more evolved I become aware, as I said earlier, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. But I'll tell you this: that the more you become open. Um, whether it's through meditation, whether it's prayer, whether it's mindfulness, you do become aware of the life forms. Again, the paranormal investigators have one thing they're doing, investigating that. Let's go to higher frequencies. Let's go to really high frequencies and start investigating that. Portals of mountains and minerals and why certain star systems, star beings, it's called star beings. I think there are many different types of star beings. And I think that many times they'll use the, the minerals of the earth. They'll commonly use that. I think they're watching us. I think they're watching us. Um, making sure we don't kill ourselves. I, I do. Well, uh, you know, one of the things that you mentioned earlier that, that popped in my and it, it's something that happens with a lot of folks that have gifts, such as yourself. Uh, they might not be as, as well-known and, and as well uh, out there in the public eye as you are, but you can't just be a medium. You can't just offer up these abilities and, and be able to make these connections for people because there's so much uh, baggage, I guess is the word you could use, that comes with that. Because when you make these connections for somebody, you don't know how they're going to react. So you do have to be part psychologist. You do have to be part grief counselor. All of that comes into play with what you're doing. You have to be, Tim. You have to be. And that's what I'm saying to you. You've got to do it for the right reason. You can't just do it to be a famous TV personality. That doesn't happen. I never went out to do this to be well-known on television. No way. I, I was chosen, I assume, from the spirit world to do that and get on television. I never went to, to television. I did it to help people and be of service. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to be of service. And we've got to realize, my God, it's such a... I don't know. It's such a humbling experience to me. I mean, I wouldn't want to tell someone the wrong information. Oh, my God. I mean, that'd be terrifying to give somebody wrong information and not be sure of the information and just guessing. It's like guessing. I mean, God, you really got to be careful. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, you have to be humbled. You got to be open to learning and uh, open to realizing that you're still growing and learning every day. You know, and we learn from each other. We learn. I'm learning from you. We learn from one another. No matter what life experiences. So I was, I'm more well known with the television. It doesn't matter. I learn from my audiences because everybody is God in their own way, and they're going to teach my soul another aspect of something, a different perspective of something. And I think we have to be open to learning those things. Right, I do think that a lot of times uh, those who do uh, give readings, they become kind of set in a certain way of, of what works and what helps them make that connection. And it kind of limits them from being able to expand their horizons and to realize that, you know, that it, you know, they, they always say, and, and Stephanie, we've talked about this before, it's kind of like, you know, flexing a muscle and exercising a muscle. And that muscle is going to gain strength over time. And as it changes strength, it's going to have different ways that you can utilize it. Yeah. It's really, really true. I mean, the best mediums in the world are the ones that have the most life experiences. And the reason why is because then the spirit they can use, the spirit world can use all those various experiences of that medium. They can use the experience. Remember that when spirits come back and communicate, they communicate with memories that they created when they were on the earth level. And they're sending and they're creating, if you will, or, or projecting those memories into the mind of the medium. Now, if someone comes to the mind of the medium and they want to talk about Paris, if that medium has no idea about Paris whatsoever, 
how are they able to bring that through? You know, so the more open, the more open they are to learning the medium, having life experiences, world experiences, the better medium they're going to be. And the more work they do, the more practice they do, and the more of a humble heart. You got to have a humble heart. If you don't have a humble heart and you know it the right way, and you know you guys know from the paranormal investigation, when you walk into spaces. You want to make sure that you're connected and that your energy's clear, that you're clean. And, you know, if you do this work and you're opening yourself up as a medium, supposedly, it's like the Ouija board. We talked about that a little bit. If you're not founded correctly, if you're not grounded and a proper foundation and come from the right space, they can, you know, the lower entities, the lower energies, they'll fool around with you. They'll goof with you. They'll, they'll take advantage of that moment. I, I believe in that. I really, really believe in that. So what kind of light are you going to send out to the spiritual realms? Are you going to send out a light that's half-baked and not sure and fearful? Or are you going to send one that's very positive, loving, and joyful? So you tell me which one the spirit realm want to come back to, right, but, I mean, depending we, on their character. We see sometimes, though, with uh, in, at least in terms of paranormal investigation, you know, we see investigators who will go in with a very direct, very antagonistic attitude, uh, and that will be their approach. And, and maybe they get a reaction out of that. And you'll see others who go and make a, a personal connection, a one-on-one connection. When Moniz goes in and conducts a, an EVP session, he's not asking, you know, how did you die? You know, do you realize that you're dead? He's asking what. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? Trying to make a, a personal connection. And I think that's what's lost on a lot of people who don't have these abilities or utilize these gifts is they don't they lose that connection of that a spirit is just like it's a person, just like us. Exactly, Tim. I mean, the number one thing, what is the intention? What is the intention behind that? So if someone goes in as a paranormal investor, they go in and they're mean and yelling, they'll get their spirit energy activity that way. Why would they do that? Why would they want to upset and make that that being angry? Let's say go on this lower level. Because I do believe, you know, like I said, there are some beings that are not aware of the past over. There are some beings that just want to hang out to the human level. Mm-hmm. I believe there are some beings who are unevolved and they want to still hang out at you know bars and clubs and and they're waiting just to be uh, you know attach themselves to somebody because they miss that physicality. I've seen it happen. So, I mean, you've got to be very, very careful with what your intentions are. And when you, they go in and want to get really forceful, it becomes more about them than helping and assisting. And we've got to be of light, you know. When we pass out of the body, we're going to be standing there with all the experiences we ever gave out to the world. We're going to look back and see the good things we did, the bad things we did. Ego, when you go in from ego, remember ego is edging God out, or E-G-O, edging God out. We are ego, you know, ego can be healthy, but also can be damaging. So you want to get ego, get it out of the ego and come into the God self. And fear, F-E-A-R, false ego appearing real. That's what it is. Because love is God, God is love, that's who we are. So any, any type of investigation, it should always go with the God force, that God sense, that intention, and doing it to help, be of service to help people. And we are talking with James Van Prague. If anybody has any questions, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. You can also join us on Twitter, at SpookySC, or put up your question using the hashtag SpookyLive, which is our new way of uh, communicating via chat. Instead of having a chat room, we communicate via Twitter, uh, and that is located on SpookyTV at SpookySouthCoast.com. And James, you have so many different projects that are going on uh, at any given time. You're involved in a lot of different things. What, what's probably the most exciting thing that's uh, on your plate coming up? Well, I mean, the book, Adventures of the Soul, Journeys to the Physical and Spiritual Dimensions, are really great. That, that book I just did. Mm-hmm. And I have a deck of cards I just finished um, doing, which are out now. And it's called the Soul Lesson Cards. 
And these are really, really cool. What these are is the spirit gave me this information was meditating. And I said, you know, why did we come back here? And they gave me 44 uh, lessons, whether it's about patience, whether it's about um, uh, love, whether it's about forgiveness, um, whether it's about gratitude, whatever it might be. And I, I worked a way where you can use these cards and understand what soul lesson you're learning at that particular moment in that particular scenario. So that's a, a journey, uh, soul journey lesson cards, and that's on Amazon too. Those are really exciting. And then I'm also working, which everybody listening to this should definitely become a subscriber, without a doubt. Um, Gaim TV. Gaim TV is a subscription-based television, um, and it's also they have a website. And it's all about spirituality. It's transformation media. And I work, I do a TV show called Spirit Talk, and I cover topics such as karma, um, astrology, uh, trans mediumship, psychic phenomena, so forth. And that's Guy MTV. So people can get a monthly subscription to that, and their programming is phenomenal. I mean, they have science, science and astrology, and Deepak Chopra's there, um, uh, Marianne Williamson, uh, everybody, Doreen Virtue. So it's a great space for people that are interested. Paranormal Investigation, George Nouri is there. So Guy MTV, I'm doing that, and I'm really excited about that. I'm just about to start my second season with that with Spirit Talk. What's great about so the Guy I was going to say, what's great about that Guy MTV is that they're giving you free reign to talk about the topics that you want to cover. Where a lot of that, you know, a network, even even if you're on Sci-Fi Channel or, or one of these more fringe networks, they'd say, okay, that might be a little bit too out there for the audience. But with Guy, it seems like everything is on the table. Tim, ex- you know, you're 100. You're great, Tim. 100. percent The reason I do it is because. It's really funny, and it's the best way to work, I think, because I've done a lot of network shows. I've done all that. They, like you say, let me run free because they, they know that I know what I'm talking about. They know the topics. I know the topic. And really, they do let me run the show any way I want. So I decided to come out, and I'm a teacher. So I first come out, I pick a topic. So let's say it's going to be about religion. Um, I will come out and talk about religion from a spiritual perspective or what I, my understanding is, go through a couple of exercises or meditation, and then I will do readings for the audience members and themed with that religion. And at the very end, I do a closing uh, teaching. It's like philosophy. And it really has, um, I think it's one of the top shows now, the, I think the second most uh, well-known original show on Gaim. They're really thrilled with it. The audiences love it. And they're getting something out of it, you know, so it's really great. And, of course, uh, you will be here in Massachusetts coming up on November 3rd, an evening of spirit with James Van Praagen. I don't think it's available. I thought after the show, they'll be all gone. They probably will be. I I should actually log in before I uh, let people know about it to see if it's possible because uh, there's very few left. uh, As you had mentioned earlier, talking to Maureen, not very many left at all, only in the mezzanine section, uh, which are $59 tickets. What a great price to be able to see uh, this show, and it is general admission, so you're going to want to get there early and definitely get your tickets as soon as you hear this because uh, they will be sold out probably by the end of the night, uh, but uh, it's going to be happening November 3rd at the Whitman Hanson Regional High School, 600 Franklin Street in Whitman, and it's going to just be a fantastic night of yourself and Maureen being able to help people uh, make a connection to spirit. And I'm also going to do, what I'm, uh, for that audience, I'm going to do what's called a blending exercise, where actually every single person in that audience will have an opportunity to blend their minds with spirit and let the spirit come through, who's going to come through, and they're going to have that personal experience. So that's a, it's called blending exercise I'm going to do with them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth it. I remember the tickets went on sale. When they first went on sale, we sold over 300 tickets within two hours. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. Maureen's great to work with. It's a fun time. And if anyone's ever seen Mediumship, 
that's a great opportunity to see it. We do have a call on the line. We only have about okay. two minutes remaining in the program, so we'll try and get through this call quickly uh, for somebody who is waiting to speak with you. Good evening. Okay. You're on Spooky South Coast with James Van Prague. Hello? Hi. Do you have a question? Yeah, well, first of all, I want to say what a treat this is, and thank you so much for being there, James. <laughs> thank you oh, for thank calling. Thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate that. And I just wanted to um, ask you about, um, well, I wanted to write a book about experience I had you know, many years ago, it started in 96, which involved signs and synchronicities, coincidences. And um, this after I, for some reason, developed an emotional attachment to John Kennedy. But um, I've had much difficulty with it. And I, I've given it up many times, but it keeps gnawing at me. And I just don't know where to start or if I should just give it up. Oh, you know, just give it up. Okay, let me help you, sweetheart, right away. Number one, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. There you go, coincidence. So I think that you, number one, want to center yourself. And really get back to your own power. How do you do that? You do it through meditation. Being more aware, med- good through meditation, being mindful. And um, actually, I have meditation uh, meditation tools on my website. I have actual meditations for people to open up and to ground themselves. I think it would be much more effective if you centered yourself, you grounded yourself, and that way you're much more aware of what your soul wants, how your soul wants to express itself. So I think meditation Even though it happened so many years ago, it's still okay to write this book. It's still important. Yeah, so you'll write it with all the write it with you. Spirit will work with you, and you can open yourself up to writing the book. But you'll get, you know, you have to you have to center yourself and ground yourself. Otherwise, you won't. You'll get in your own way. Okay. Right. Okay, honey. Thank, Thank you, you very so much. Thank you, you for the call. And that, that's the thing. I mean, if something keeps gnawing at you, James, and it's a sign that it's something that you have to do, right? It's intuition, and your soul is speaking to you. You got to listen to it for sure, without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, what's the worst that could happen? Someone could say no. I mean, people say no every day. So you've got to live your truth. You've got to be honest with what you get, what you feel in life. You know, you can tell. You can be your own barometer, your best barometer. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us, James. It was a pleasure talking with you. And, uh, and hopefully oh, thank everybody you very can... Much, Sam. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank well, you, everyone. Thank you very much for coming. And you have a, okay. a fantastic night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. And uh, everybody that's listening, get out there and get those last few final tickets. If you would like to see James Van Prague and Maureen Hancock, November 3rd at the Whitman Hanson Regional High School right here in, in Massachusetts, in Whitman, Mass. Uh, it's so easy to get to from the South Coast. And anybody listening in the Boston area, it's very easy to get to. And it's a chance to really have a, a special experience, a special night. And what a way to end Psychic September here on Spooky South Coast, to talk to James. And, you know, you were telling us, Stephanie, that if we could get him on the show, we would just have a fantastic conversation with him, and I think that we did. I think we took that. I think so. We took that topic into a lot of different areas that I never thought about, and so uh, you know, I'm going to have to listen back to this show and and really digest a lot of that information because it's changed my perspective on a lot of things. Yeah, I've heard him talk, I've heard him read, and even then, just sitting here listening and soaking it all in, I could listen to him forever. So. Anybody that hasn't gotten a ticket to that show, you definitely need one. And if you would like to listen to the show, if you didn't get to hear it in its entirety or any program that we do, they're all available via iTunes or wherever podcasts are found. And you can also get the video from YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com slash Spooky South Coast. All the information is right there up on SpookySouthCoast.com, including links to James Van Prague's website, VanProg.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at James Van Prague as well. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, this is actually the final episode of September. So starting next week, it'll be our holiday season. It'll be October, and we've got lots of great things planned for you. So you want to come back here next Saturday night at 10 o'clock. We'll be here every Saturday, 10 to midnight, throughout October for all your Halloween fun. Thank you all, and for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, we want you all to stay spooktacular. <laughs>